Hi, and welcome to our broadcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the small, insignificant things that we do that make a huge difference in people's lives. You know, uh, so many times that we we do things in, in the natural and we think that we're really not doing anything great or significant or, uh, you know, it's not, maybe doesn't seem real successful. It doesn't seem like we we haven't reached the world for Christ. Um, but the small little things that we do is miraculous to someone who is searching for God or is without hope. Let me tell you something. When someone is without hope, that is in, is the, one of the darkest places you can be. When someone doesn't have hope, they've lost it all. They don't see that there is any way out of the situation. And if they're without hope, many times people that are that are in that place, they 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 see no hope and there's no reason to live. And how many times has someone taken their life because they didn't see that there was an answer or a solution? And so many times the solution is very simple. It's just when you're in the middle of something, you can't see it. You can't see that it's it's that easy to get out of because you have used up all your resources, used up all of your emotions and all of your faith. You don't have anywhere else to turn. You don't know what else to do. You're at the end of your rope and you're hanging on and you think that you cannot hold on any longer. But when when uh, encouragement comes, it causes you to hold on tighter. It causes you to actually, instead of you holding on, tying a, ro- a knot in the rope and letting the rope hold you. That's really what it, what encouragement does at the place of hopelessness. It, it actually takes you to a place to where you stop holding on with your strength and all you're doing is letting the rope hold you. And people that are in that desperate place, that desperate situation, they need a solution and that solution is God. We are God's mouthpiece. We are his voice. Yes. We are the ones to to send and to release God's love and God's power, God's gift into the earth to, to people. And we do that by being moved or touched with compassion. We do that when God speaks to us and we act and we share or we give, when we reach someone, when we message someone, when we when we take someone a basket of food and and we have no idea whether they have a full cupboard or whether their 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 uh, closet their or their what do they call their pantry is is empty. We have no idea, but we know that God has touched us and moved on us to do something. And that's when we have to stop analyzing it and say, well, they probably don't need this, or it may not be that significant to them. Maybe they don't need it. Maybe they, it's for them to pass on to someone else. But either way, if you're touched with compassion, that is God moving you to reach someone. He's working to get it to somebody. He's working to get it from you to someone else. There is always a bigger picture when hope is involved. It's there's a bigger picture. God is looking to reach people and he's using us to do it. But many times it's in the small little things that we do that causes hope to spring to life on the inside of someone. So what we want to talk about today, and I'm going to share a story in in Dutch Sheets book called The River of God, a testimony of a, a powerful testimony of of obeying the voice of God and seeing a miracle happen through something that really seems like it would is very insignificant and and in all actuality most of us would think this is really absurd or it's kind of crazy or 
How could God use this? I want to share this story and it's really exciting. Let me go ahead and open up a prayer. Father, in the name that's above every name, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord God, for opening up our spiritual eyes to see and to, and to hear, Lord God, your words and what we need to, to understand, Lord. We thank you, God, for revealing to us and, and this message of, of of the insignificant or the small things that create makes a huge difference. Lord, help me to, to share this and, and to get these words out so that people will hear you and not me. And Father, we thank you, Lord. Today, we thank you in the name that's above every name, the precious name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to share one scripture with you and then I'll, I'll share this story. But one of the, one that came to my mind, I was asking the Lord, Lord, how, how can I show this that, really backs this up of uh, such a small thing that makes a huge difference. But if you remember the story of Peter, when Peter denied Jesus before going to the cross, Jesus called him out. Peter said, no, Lord, there's no way that I will ever deny you. I will, I will, I will stand by you. I will kill for you. You remember Peter in the garden, he actually took a sword and, and cut the servant's ear off. He wasn't aiming for his ear. <laughs> the servant ducked. <laughs> Peter was aiming to take his head off. But he only caught his ear because that servant moved out of the way. Peter wasn't just trying to do a little bit of damage. He was trying to do a lot of damage. But Peter was trying to show the Lord, I'm going to, I'll do anything for you. I'll give my life for you. I'll, I'll, I'll stand up and fight for you. But Jesus said, before the cock crows, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter, Peter denied that. No way, Lord, it's not going to happen. But when they arrested Jesus and they all fled because of fear of being arrested themselves or being taken in, into custody and being crucified themselves or being put in prison. When, when Peter was asked by three different people, you were with him. You knew him. I saw you with him. Weren't you? Aren't you one of the disciples? No, no, no. Three times Peter denied Jesus. And when that rooster crowed, you think about the humiliation or the guilt and the shame that flooded over him. Because at that moment, Peter realized and remembered what the Lord had told him, that before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And that shame and guilt, can you imagine being one of Jesus' disciples and Jesus going through the most hardest, uh, the, the absolute hardest thing in his life, and you denying him at that moment, that you even knew him? especially for someone that was a disciple of, of, of a, a rabbi and you re, you denied him, that is complete rejection. So here Peter is humiliated, shamed, and guilty. All of the condemnation upon him. And this is what Jesus does after the resurrection. A simple, a simple thing, but became powerful in Peter's life. In Mark chapter 16, in verse 1, it says, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they may, so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. I'm reading out the English, uh, the, uh, English Standard Version. Verse, verse 3, And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. And they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. Yes, See you. the place where they laid him. Mm 
but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them and they said nothing to anyone for they were very afraid. Now listen to the message that the angel was given by Christ himself. Christ had given him the instructions. This is what you tell the disciples. This is what you tell them when they come to the tomb. He said to them, don't be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Verse seven, but go tell his disciples and Peter. Yes. He didn't just say, go tell his disciples, because I guarantee you at that time, wherever the disciples were gathered together, Peter was not with them. Peter was guilty, ashamed, condemned, and he was hiding. He, why would you go back around the other disciples if you knew you had denied the Lord during that time? There's no way. He was hiding. He had to be hiding out. And the Lord knew this, and he said to them, go tell the disciples and Peter. Don't forget to tell Peter. What was he doing? He was saying to him, Peter, I know that you denied me. I knew you were going to do it before you even did it. And I'm telling you, don't run away from me. Thank you, Jesus. Come back to me and continue what you started. Don't run away. Don't quit. Don't give up. And he went in just a small thing, not a miraculous, this wasn't a miraculous thing that he did. It was him leaving instructions. I mean, it was miraculous because the, the angels telling them what Jesus said, but to, to just leave him with, tell the, an instruction, tell the disciples and Peter. This was huge in Peter's life. And then later on, you see that Peter doesn't quit following after him. But not only that, at the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches a sermon and over 3,000 people yes. come to know the Lord at Peter's uh, message. Didn't do it through all the other disciples. He did it through Peter. Christ knew that Peter's value and Peter was, God could use Peter and God, if Peter would just humble himself. It wasn't about the mistake that he made or how far he had gone, how far he had went in the wrong direction. But God is saying to Peter, Peter, yes. just trust me. Don't look at what you did or what how, how short you have fallen, but trust in my ability to raise you up. Yes. Trust in my ability to restore you. Trust in my ability to anoint you and to cause you to do more than what you could ever imagine. So he included Peter in that small statement not forgetting him and what a huge difference it made in Peter's yes. life. Many times we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling us to just call someone up on the phone, send someone a message, write them a letter, send a card. You might think, you know what, but I got to go and I got to find the card and I got to dig it up and then I got to write it and then I'm out of stamps. So I've got to go get a stamp and then I got to put it in the mail. And what if it really doesn't even mean that much to them? Listen, when you're touched on the inside with compassion, that is God instructing you. Someone needs what you have. Yes. Someone needs the words that you have. Someone needs to be reached. It, it isn't huge. Uh, one other story comes to mind. And if, if you, uh, I don't know, you know, how many of you know, but, um, Bill Johnson from Bethel, the pastor of Bethel in Redding, California, they, 
They have the, uh, which are well known for their Bethel music ministry. Most people probably know the song, The Goodness of God, which is an amazing song. And out, out of that church comes so many great things. Well, Pastor Bill Johnson's wife uh, just passed away uh, about two or three days ago. And uh, Sean Foyt, who was uh, leading all these worship uh, worship events all around the nation in prayer and worship events, he was sharing about Miss Benny. And how that when he, when God led him to move to California and all the way across the country, and he said, I was, I was moving in uh, into our house. It was hot. I was sweating like crazy and more than I've ever done before and sweating and, and laboring, trying to get the stuff in and second guessing my decision to, to move here. You know, I've been through there so many times when you do something for the Lord and and it doesn't feel good or, or you know, things are frustrating. It feels like you're 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 struggling and you're, you know, God, did I even hear you? Why am I even here? Because you think when God tells you to go somewhere and you go do it, it's going to be, oh, everything's beautiful. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to have all goosey, goosey feelings all over and, and gushy feelings. It's just going to be uh, just this uh, miraculous, majestic thing. And it's not. And he said, when I was moving in and, and second guessing my decision, he said, here come Miss Benny with a little gift basket. And she told him, welcome home. This is your new home. Welcome to your oh. new home. And it was a small little insignificant thing showing up at that very moment in his valley of decision, his dark time, because for him, he was struggling with, should I even just pack back up and head back home? But when she brought him that little basket, and just gave him that little bit of encouragement, it solidified what God had told him, and hope sprang up on the inside of him, and he was able to continue and to go on without the feeling of frustration yes. and second-guessing and saying, you know what, God did lead me here. Thank I'm going to stay, and I'm going to do what God called me to do. And I remember a time when um, myself, when I was in, uh, I went to a Bible college in Cleveland, Tennessee. I went to uh, Norval Hayes Bible College, and when I I heard the Lord tell me, uh, I was actually in a meeting. I was there to see Kenneth Hagen, and because uh, I thought about going to Rama. And while I watched the New Life Drama Company performing, I heard the Lord say, "That's the college I want you to go to, and I want you to get in that drama team." And I, I literally turned around. I was the only one sitting there. I was on like three or four rows in the back. I was by myself in the in the meeting, and I turned around to look to see if if I, this voice was, I knew it was the Lord, but it was so loud. I'm like, mercy, did anybody else hear this? But it rose up on the inside of me so loud. And the Lord led me to go to New Life Drama Company. I, I went home told my parents, I'm moving to Tennessee. I'm going to go to that Bible college. The Lord has told me to do this. And when I got down there, it felt like I went to check in and I'm like, what am I doing? Why am I here? I was didn't know anybody. I got my parents dropped me off. I was 18 years old. My parents dropped me off at the at the time. It was called the uh, New Life Motel, and it was just a little little. Uh, I'm sorry, it was the Lee's Motel. Um, it was for the the New Life uh, the boys campus where they stayed there. We had all the little motel apartments is where we stayed, the, like a dorm room. And I walked in to meet the guys that were next to me in my room. And what I did, they were uh, three young men from Cuba, Silvio, Arthur, Arthur, and uh, uh, Abel. And when I walked in the door, 
they they actually they were from Miami originally their parents were from Cuba but they were from Miami Florida and when I walked in the anointing of God I could sense the presence of God we all <laughs> I, I get teared up but we all sit there and just had tears in our eyes because we felt the connection of the Lord it was something it what would seem insignificant but that connection that sensing the presence of God, all of the fear, all of the, the anguish and, and wondering, and did I do the right thing? Should I even be here? It was all gone. Just by that one small gesture that the Lord connected us by his presence. When we walked in, when I walked in that room and we all sensed the presence of God and it was like, wow, God, you're doing something. And these, these young men have been, you know, we, we were friends from that moment on. We were friends for the whole time. Except for the time, I think, when I hit Silvio with, in the nose, <laughs> busted his nose with a frisbee. He was a little mad at me, but he was, he was, he was very kind about it. He didn't beat me up. But, um, but anyway, that, that, those times and those moments that we have when we're going through something and it's a dark time, we don't realize how such a small thing makes a huge difference. And, and what I'm trying to get across is that when, when you, when you have a nudge on the inside, don't analyze it and try to figure out how God's going to do it or how he's going to use it. Is it going to be benefit? Is it going to benefit enough? Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be valuable? Are they going to care? Are they going to waste it? It doesn't matter. Whatever they do with it makes no difference. You obey God yes. and let God do with it what he wills. Yeah. You yeah. be the example. You know, some they might waste it if you give them. If you're if you're moved with compassion to give somebody money or give them a gift, they might waste it. They might not do anything with it, but they will always remember that moment when God moved. Even if they do it, and then they even if it's like Peter when he when he fails and, and maybe they trash it, maybe they blow the money, whatever. And then if they have if they have that regret about it. They realize what they did was wrong and that God was trying to reach them. So they still know that God was working for them, even if they blew it. And then there's a chance for redemption. There's a chance. There's that still the opportunity for forgiveness and hope. So it doesn't matter if it's if it's wasted. It's because if it it, in the natural, it might be wasted. But to God, it'll never be wasted because God has a connection to reach that person. God can touch them and God can. And in their shame and in their guilt, just like Peter, God can call them back and say, yeah, you blew it. But just trust me. Yes, you blew it. But get back up. Don't quit. Yeah, you blew it. But don't stop. Remember that I'm still here and I haven't thrown you away and I haven't cast you aside. So that message of hope, God can still bring that message of hope to him, even if it goes through a time of, of regret or time of guilt or shame. So whatever it is that we're, we're moved or we're touched with, we act on it and let God make up the difference. Now, let me share the story uh, to you Jesus. about Dutch Sheets or not about Dutch Sheets in Dutch Sheets book called The River of God. In 1965, during a family reunion in Florida, my grandmother woke everyone at 2 a.m., issuing orders to get empty Coke bottles, corks, and paper. I received a message from God, she said. People must hear his word. She wrote verses on the paper while the grandchildren bottled and corked them. Then everyone deposited over 200 bottles into the surf at Cocoa Beach. People contacted and thanked my grandmother for the scriptures throughout the years. She died in November 1974. And the next month, the last letter arrived. Dear Miss Gauze, I'm writing this letter by candlelight. 
We no longer have electricity on the farm. My husband was killed in the fall when the tractor overturned. He left 11 young children and, and myself behind. The bank is foreclosing. There's one loaf of bread left. There's snow on the ground. Christmas is two weeks away. I prayed for forgiveness before I went to drown myself. The river has been frozen over for weeks, so I didn't think it would take long. When I broke the ice, a Coke bottle floated up. I opened it, and with tears and trembling hands, I read about hope. Ecclesiastes 9.4, but for him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. Yes. Hebrews 7.19, 6.18, and John 3.3 3 were also referenced. I came home, read my Bible, and am thanking God. Please pray for us. But we're going to make it now. May God bless you and yours at Farm in Ohio. And he goes on to say, how did the bottle get from Cocoa Beach, Florida to a river in Ohio? God's angelic bottle patrol. I wonder how many bottles of word seeds those who teach and preach God's word have set afloat in people's minds. Waiting for God's perfect timing. We never know when the seeds we plant will come to life, bringing spring to someone else's winter. Amen. It's a powerful message, a testimony of a simple, what would seem to be absurd, to take Coke bottles and throw them into an ocean. How can God use me? I can't speak very well. I'm not a great teacher. I don't really, I have trouble reading the Bible. How can I be significant to the kingdom of God? How can I do anything great for, for the Lord? After all, the Lord has done so much for me, but what can I do? A simple act of obedience, yes. a desire that she had in her heart to put God's word into a Coke bottle, hoping that it might reach someone that only that maybe one might reach someone. And all those years later, from a, the ocean up a river into the middle of Ohio, you think, you know, that's not even possible. How could it even get there? But when we, when I read, when I read that, I thought about how that when we put something into the earth, God's able to take an angel and, and God, he, he can pick the bottle up and put it anywhere he wants on the earth. We are a, you know, God, we, we think God just does anything, but God has to, to use what is in the earth. He, he's, he set that limitation upon himself. He uses us. He uses what yes. he's put in the earth. Yes. And when we act on something, when we do something, then God is able to move from that. But he's waiting on us. And so one act of compassion, one act of, of reaching out to someone, one act of, of taking something to someone, one act of, of sending a message or calling someone up on the phone. How many times has someone, I, I've heard testimony after testimony from different ministers who someone was feeling so hopeless or discouraged at the point like this, this lady ready to end their life. And the television would actually come on and there would be a minister ministering hope and the, the love of God. And that person sit there and, and give their life to Christ because they heard the gospel through someone that was preaching on a television and it wasn't even at, at the time turned on. Or I've heard people that were flipping through the channel and it gets stuck on a channel and they can't continue so many testimonies of, of, of little things that where the, the message is out there and then God is able to use it. If you're touch, the, the Bible says that Christ, when Christ was moving through the crowds, 
He would have passed them by, but he was turned about with compassion. Christ couldn't reach everyone, but when he was moved with compassion of the Holy Spirit, when he was touched with compassion, he moved and he acted on that. So when you're led, when you when you see someone, or you pass by someone, or or you think about someone, or you're throwing, going through social media or, or whatever, and, and you see someone that you haven't thought of in a long time, and on the inside of you there's a desire to do something, act on that, do it. If it's a if you think, wow, you know, I really want to send them something, or I want to I want to mail them a, a present or a gift, or or I want to mail them a check, or I want to I want to take something over to their house. Or if you're passed by someone's home and, and you have a, a desire to help them, maybe it's an elderly person or it, it doesn't matter who it is. But if you have an unction, if you have a, 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 a inkling or a desire on the inside of you, just act on it. Wouldn't it be better to miss it, to miss yes. God by yes. doing something good than to yes. missing by sitting there hesitating and waiting and not doing anything at all? So what if, if you do it and they don't appreciate it or if you do it and you don't see the result right away? Trust the Lord that God is working, yes. that God Amen. touched you for a reason. God moved on you for a reason to reach that person, to call them, to message them, to send them something in the mail, to go by and do something, to drop off a basket on their porch, to, to go buy something at Walmart and, and drop it off, whatever. If you have that on the inside of you, listen, if you think, you know what, I don't have money to waste. It's not a waste. And I promise you, God will repay more than what you gave. God always does more than what we we do. He always gives back beyond and more than what anybody ever does for him. God is so good. And so the message here, looking at this and and seeing what God is trying uh, uh, trying to get through to us is in the small, insignificant little things, act on them. And watch God do great things. Just like this lady, her life was transformed, saved. What would those children have done without their mother? They'd already lost their father. What if their mother was gone? What kind of, what would that have left them with? And one act of absurdity, if you will, of throwing Coke bottles into an ocean, God was able to use and to save and to change someone's life. When you're moved in touch with compassion, Operate on it and watch God move. Amen. Let me go ahead and end this in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you today, Lord, for, for helping us to have the courage, Lord, and the, and the, the, whenever we're led or we have that inkling or that, that we're touched on the inside to do something, to act on it, Lord, and not to be afraid of, of the waste or, or if we don't have the money to do it or if we should do it or shouldn't do it, but just to be, uh, Lord, just to act quickly and to, and, and to be prompt. And whenever you you touch us with something, Lord, that we act on it right away. We don't yes, hesitate. You, that Jesus. we move immediately, Lord, and we watch you touch people's lives. Yes, Father, we Jesus. thank you for helping us to, to be more like you. And to be when, when we're touched with that compassion, just like Jesus, that we'll stop what we're doing and we'll turn about and we'll say, you know what? I've got something else to do right now. God, you're working and you're moving. And Father, we yes, thank you, you for for causing hope to spring up on the inside of people. Lord, people that are feeling hopeless, they're feeling like there's they're they're at the end of the rope. Lord, they're 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 feeling like that there's no way out. And and that hope, Lord, they need that hope. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for touching them and helping them and strengthening them in thank the name Jesus. that's above every name, thank the precious Jesus. name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.